0: Under the Hood <laughs> With Jonathan Hood Let's get it Tim crushes this ball He throws the bat The ball goes flying And it's gone
1: Under the Hood Behind the scenes Nobody really sees
0: Four Runs Right in the
2: air deep Is it enough It's gone
3: Ball Game Over Hey I'm hot
0: Jonathan Hood I'm hot Brubisky, Robinson And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown.
4: And a lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood.
2: DeMart it oh! He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo!
1: Jonathan Hood.
2: Oh no! Put a body on that man,
1: please. Breaks the hole. Swift's got running room. Swift got to go! 30, 20, 10, 5,
0: touchdown, Swift!
2: Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Um Man. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah.
0: Woo! Woo! Live Woo! from Chicago. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We've got two four-packs of tickets to Camping World 400, the Land Speedway. Don't be that guy or that woman that says, I never win anything. You got a chance to win something on Under the Hood. Stay by and listen to advice on how you can win something. It's our way of saying thanks for listening and supporting the program and supporting the podcast, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. We are going to hear from Ryan Hollins, our friend, our NBA expert, who will be on with us coming up in about seven, eight minutes right here on ESPN 1000. So we'll talk to Ryan about NBA free agency. Also, we'll find the pettiest of the sports weekend. Not the funniest, not the silliest, but the pettiest of the sports weekend. It comes your way at 935 right here on ESPN 1000. The Bulls. Can I give you a story that you might have forgotten about? Maybe you it was just in the back of your mind, but you forgot about. So I had to research it myself to make sure I had the right story and the right date. There was a time where there was a Chicago Bull that was not feeling well, that was hurt And that bull underwent a spinal tap to test whether he had meningitis. He didn't have the disease, but the test itself went bad. Spinal fluid leaked into his body, and this person became incredibly ill when he faced a literally life-threatening situation. The Bulls call it the flu. That player is Luol Deng. Luol Deng was not happy with the Bulls once he went to Miami and other places around the NBA because he was misdiagnosed. There are many that speculate that the Bulls did not do right by Derrick Rose by saying that if you just play through it, you can't hurt the injury anymore. Derrick Rose was often injured with the Bulls after that MVP season. We fast forward to 2019. And a story, and again, it's just a story. doesn't mean that it's it's 100% true. I've seen it in a couple of places, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is actually what's going on in this player's mind. But there's a story that I saw earlier today regarding Kevin Durant and how he's not happy with the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant, who is a free agent that has gone to win his surgery, and now he's on the road to recovery. Uh, Kevin Durant. Reportedly is not happy on how he was diagnosed, how doctors at Golden State said at the time of his injury, if you go back out there, you can't hurt it anymore. Of course, now Kevin Durant is out for the rest of the season. We won't see him in the 19-20 season. The correlation is, is that it all comes down to Trust. Trust. You give your body, you put your body on the line every time that you are playing the sport. Everyone looks at the money. Look at how much money these guys are making. Oh, look at the money that they're making. There's a reason why that athletes make the money they make is because they're one percenters. They can't, we can't do what they do. Any, anybody that I run across is jealous of money and jealous of what an athlete makes. You have to understand they're entertainers. And we can't reach that amount of money that they make because they're special athletes. They're one percenters. So for the idea that anyone that, and I know there's some of you listening to me that thinks that, well, these guys are playing a kids game. How could they be making so much money? Because they deserve it. That's why. Because they put their bodies on the line. They put their, put themselves in a position where they can make this money. And of course, owners are always the ones to try to raise the level all the time when it comes to salaries. Salaries were at a certain level when I was a kid. Now look at him in 2019. It's the owners that continue to go up and up and up and say, no, I'll pay this guy. No, I'll pay this guy. No, I'll pay this guy. Point is, is that they raise a level and the athletes are able to take the money. What would you do? Not take the money that's given? Point is, is that Kevin Durant trusted the doctors and trusted them to make the right decision for him. Of course, Kevin could have said no, but Durant wanted to help the Golden State Warriors win a championship. He went out there, got hurt, I guess, Toronto. And that really, really stopped the chances for the Warriors to win a championship. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. So the perception of the Bulls and that medical staff still lingers in 2019. People haven't, any people forgot about Derrick Rose? Rose is still in the league. So anytime you see Derrick Rose, what's the first thing you think about? You think about the injury, right? You think about the MVP season. You think about what could have been. When people see Lou dang, whether he's going to in the league or not, people think about, wow, that guy almost died because of a misdiagnosis. And so to athletes, that trust matters. That's their family when they go to the facility. They have family, yes, but when they are around their team and around the doctors and around the personnel, that's their family, too. And maybe from Durant's standpoint, he feels, well, maybe, just maybe, the family internally did not do their due diligence. They did not do right by me so here are the bulls right the bulls once again just trying to turn things around trying to change the big p the perception around the organization john paxton got a chance to talk to the press today as his young rookies were introduced uh, to uh, the press ever at the advocate center uh, adding vets to the young roster is something that's needed for the bulls
4: well we're gonna we're in the process right now of kind of evaluating the talents out there we You know, Gar's on the phone constantly. It's what the market will be. There's a lot of money out in the market this summer, and a lot of teams are are going to be out there spending. But uh, there'll be a tier that goes, and then there'll be some fallbacks. But we we have a a very good idea of what we want. Um, But we you know we're going to have to wait till the thirtieth to to you know to go go at it. Uh, But we we know we need to add some veterans. But with that said, we also you know it's we have Otto Porter and, and Zach who are another year older. Uh, Lowry's entering his third year now um, you know so you know through through experience there's some some leadership uh, that, that goes on through that but definitely we're, we're looking for a couple of veteran guys that that can fit well with this young group be pros you know show these guys every day what it means to be a professional you know most guys that last a long time in this league they last because they've been been pros to take care of themselves, they played well. Uh, they've done all the right things, and that's always the best example for young players.
0: Jim Boylan, the head coach for the Bulls, how do you plan to use Kobe White, the
1: young guard in your scheme? The most important thing uh, for us is when the ball is in his hands, we have to run with him. And we want to play faster. Uh, we want to play smart, but we want to play faster when it's appropriate and he's the guy that can make decisions on the move uh, we got to get the rest of our team to run with him that's going to be our job and uh, I'm excited for that so I also think he can play in the half court because he can shoot um, he has deep range and one thing that he and I have talked about that we're going to work on is decision making process when we run when we set up and the decisions we make in the half court so that's going to be part of us learning each other and growing, and that was part of our meeting we had on how we would use him and um, use his strengths of being able to push the ball and get the ball over the timeline as fast as anybody, I think, in the league right now, so uh, we're we're not going to put him in this box where he just has to play this way. We're going to use what he does well, and we're also going to add to what we think he can do, so... Uh we're excited
0: about so thoughts there from jim boylan the head coach for the bulls as you're listening to under the hood with jonathan hood on espn 1000 and the espn app john paxton was asked about kobe white uh, the number seven pick in the draft for the chicago bulls talking about kobe white when did you know kobe white was the guy
4: gar saw kobe play out in las vegas early in the year and me my phone was blowing up from text from gar so uh uh, and that, that was a moment he was on the radar that's for sure um, but you know it, it's hard to you know, young guys are young guys and they're, they're not finished products and you know as we watched Kobe and uh, you know we talked a little bit about it um, when he was here and you know the first time he played at Duke he kind of struggled and but you he talked about it when you get background that he, he wasn't going to have that happen again the next time they played him. The next two times they played Duke, he, he had really good games and, and learned from it. That, that's what so much of this is about. This is they're, they're young men who have yet to experience the NBA, and uh, they're going to take some lumps along the way, but it's the guys who keep working, persevere. They're both very, very talented. And so I, you know we believe the combination of that talent and that heart and desire – uh, it's hard. You're going to be a success that way. So what that means, that's that's up to them. They'll, they'll be as good as they they want to be. But uh, um, I mean, it, it was Garcia and Kobe in Las Vegas that got got the antenna up.
0: Hold on, hold on a second. Stop the music. Stop it. Stop the music. Uh, yeah. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. We turn to Eric Ostrowski with more on the booking of Brian
3: Hollands. Eric. So first phone call. It rings like four times. Go to voicemail standard when you call someone we're trying to book them we'll just call them again call them right back call them back and this time it rings twice and then goes to voicemail yeah so when you get the different rings and voicemail you can tell they're hitting the the don't answer button the fu button quickly (laughs) quickly text me and says still in the nba awards can i do it tomorrow oh Mm, already watching on his bet four days in That's a shame. Four days in. Now, he agreed to come on, did he not? Yes, confirmed. Like, he didn't know the awards were going on tonight. Well, I know
0: uh, why he's not coming on. I know why he's not coming on. I think it's very clear.
3: Teardrop goes
0: down. (laughs) He threw that up to the ceiling. Go get that one, Ryan Hollins. So, there it is. Ryan Hollins getting his, uh, his tail kicked in by... Joe Johnson, uh, and uh, also being the guy on the bench behind Greg Oden. I think that that's probably why he's hiding from the show today because of his involvement with the Big Three. And he's playing in the Big Three, and I think that that might be the case.
3: I mean that's it's hard minutes playing behind Odin. You just don't know when you are going to be able to get in there because he's so fresh all
0: the time. <laughs> well, so now he's blown us off. So now he, you know what? I think that maybe we should tackle an extra two. I think that if you are going to blow us off. Knowing that he's supposed for those that don't know, we need to reset this for you now. Ryan Hollins is supposed to be on every single show because he lost the bet because he said this. Your expectation for Game Four is for the if if a healthy Clay is good enough to play, you believe the Warriors will win, right? Yeah, absolutely, win. Yeah, absolutely, win. I give you like ten free interviews on the house. If win. <laughs> ten free interviews on the house. <laughs> he was on Monday. He was on Tuesday. He was on Wednesday. Had the draft show. We gave him a break on Thursday. We were going to put him on Thursday, even on the draft show. He was. There was a fifty-fifty. He was going to come on, and I said, "No, you're busy doing stuff for ESPN. We're li- we'll let you go." And then he came on Friday, and now he's supposed to come back on Monday and. Does not show. No show. There needs
3: to be some repercussions for this action.
0: I, no doubt. I think so. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. We've got to do something about that now. If he comes on tomorrow, we got to talk about it because he just can't do skipping out shows. People are waiting for his analysis. People are waiting to hate on his analysis. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> Under the hood with Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We've got two four packs of tickets to Camping World Four Hundred at Chicagoland Speedway. If you want to go, stay by listening advice on how you can win those tickets between now and the top of the hour, right here on ESPN One Thousand. So we'll keep it going with some NBA thoughts because I got a whole bunch. Um, it always pays to be prepared just in case. the Ryan Hollins ducks out on you. So we got we got playing. So one of the a couple of things I was thinking about regarding the Bulls is this is. Based on the conversation that Chris Bleck and I had with John Paxson, the vice president of basketball operations for the Bulls on Thursday after late into the evening, into the morning on draft night. We're talking about some things that might be different with the Bulls. And I will tell you this up front. I will believe these changes when I see them. Ernie Grunfeld was fired by the Washington Wizards. If you don't know who Ernie Grunfeld is, look at the one-loss record for the Wizards. That tells you who Ernie Grunfeld is, okay? That team was underachieved with two talented guards in Wall and Beal. Ernie Grunfeld finally was fired by the Wizards. It was time. It's amazing that they went through this draft and they don't have a GM in place, Washington. But aside from that, John Paxson now is wearing the crown as the most losingest general manager to date right now. He's the guy right now without a championship for these modern GMs. He has it right now. Darnell Mayberry was writing about this on athletic.com. So John Paxson, a proud man, doesn't want the Bulls to be in this position. But as I was telling you at the top, all the injuries, whether it's Derrick Rose, what happened to, to Lu Deng, all the injuries that the Bulls have suffered, everyone blamed Tom Thibodeau. Everybody blamed Tom Thibodeau. Running him too hard, way too many minutes. I will say that when you look in retrospect of the Thibodeau era, Thibodeau was not either not privy or not willing or did not want to be able to lessen the minutes for some of his players. 40 plus minutes a game in the regular season, he felt like those guys were in place and ready and, and should be able to get it done on a nightly basis. Didn't happen that way. And people blame Tom Thibodeau for the injuries to Derrick Rose. Well, I don't think that it should be totally on the shoulders of Tom Thibodeau. I think that it also should look, you look at the Bulls and you look at the medical staff as well. One of the frustrations for John Paxson, for those that missed this, was the amount of injuries that the Bulls have had. I know that we talked earlier about excuses and reasons, right? Well, he talked about load management, which is sounds like a crazy thing, even with young players in the league. But load management is a thing. Even with players that are not hurt, even healthy players, load management is a thing. Maybe one of the reasons why Leonard won the championship is because of load management. I didn't understand why he had so much time off, but I guess he was on the floor long enough to be able to help the Raptors win a championship. Load management. John Paxson, when I asked him this question directly, is load management something that you have to worry about with your players? He said,
4: you can call it what you want, but it's basically managing players so that uh, you try to keep them as healthy as they are. Um, we all pay attention to it, but you know there there is the mindset for all of us that as as much as these guys train and as great shape they are, and you even think about our league now where they they've uh, you know no longer have four games and five nights. They've reduced the number of back to backs. You would think that you know that that players would be able to to manage games and th- those minutes more and more. But I personally feel it's you know th- th- these kids start playing basketball all year round at a really early age now. And I think you, know, you go through AAU basketball, they're playing seventy games a summer and honestly it, it never really ends for them. So I, I think the the toll on them as they get to the league has become great. So the the idea of managing players is going to be a priority for all of us. And you know, the the one situation that we can look back on this year that we've talked about is you know, we had the four overtime game in uh, in atlanta and we had a lot of guys play big minutes and we talked afterwards about you know maybe we should uh you know do some things i i think we went to zach and said hey you know maybe. but to zach's credit zach that we were playing atlanta you know turning around and playing them. Yep. zach's credit said no no I'm, I'm playing you know i'm you know so we're we're gonna have to and i think all teams are looking at this saying okay be more Proactive in terms of maybe how we we do rest guys. Um, I don't think you want to go overboard with this because first of all, players are paid paid to play, and the fans pay to see them play. Right. And uh, I think we have to be very careful with that because uh, you can get into a situation where you know it's not healthy for your your fan base, not healthy for your team, and uh,
0: but it's definitely it's on everybody's radar now. Thoughts from John Paxson understand what he said there in that almost two-minute soundbite, that two-minute answer to my question. Think about that for a second. So are you saying that in November, December, mid-December, he looks at Zach Levine and says, three games in five nights, nope, you need to sit down, even if he's healthy. Is that how cautious the Bulls will be this upcoming season? Young players. Even Kobe White, nope, Kobe, you're a freshman, you're a young player in this league, but load management, you got to sit down. I mean, if you're the Bulls and you've gone through a ton of injuries, reason why the Bulls underachieved this the past season, ton of injuries, right? Same thing. So this, does this mean that the Bulls will be resting young players all throughout the season because of load management? it's almost like he sounds like he's going to go the opposite way instead of trying to play players that are available. And if that's what it's going to take to get to the playoffs and for you to grow your team, fine. If that's what it's going to take. I look forward to seeing how that works because, to me, I will see it when I believe it. It is Jim Boylan, after all. It is the head coach of the Bulls who is focused on trying to have a work ethic and trying to have a culture with the Bulls. I look forward to seeing what that looks like because – when I asked him about load management, it made it seem like that veteran players, young players will be sitting out just like Kyrie Irving or just like Kawhi Leonard was. Guys are healthy and ready to go, but it's like, nope, load management. It looks like nobody's going to play any two games anymore. Even though James Harden says, I want to, even though Russell Westbrook says that he wants to. There's going to be some some players that just want to play and won't be allowed to because of the threat of injury. And can I tell you, I understand that they have the metrics and they have all the, the information on that. I just think that is just a risky play. What do players want to do? They want to play. This has nothing to do with salary, by the way. This has nothing to do with fans. Then It has nothing to do with being on the road one time in Minnesota. I'm in the, on the road and I'm driving from you know South Dakota to Minneapolis to see James Harden. He doesn't play. It has nothing to do with that. It's just that. Players, at their core, want to play. They want to compete. They want to be able to have that that kind of rhythm with their team. Home, home and road. Are the Bulls going to be sitting players that are healthy? Is that a winning formula? I mean, now, superstar players or players that have had some injuries here and there make sense. Are the Bulls going to be doing that? Keep your eyes on that story.
3: I think that's going to be very compelling. I just feel like their margins, because they're not a top-tier team, like they're they're going to be, what we're thinking, a 6-9 to nine seed. So if they sit out players X amount of times, is that going to play themselves out of the playoffs? Because their margins are going to be so thin to be a playoff team.
0: Now, here's the thing, Eric, that we saw. We did see young players sit out the Phoenixes and bad teams like that because they were trying to tank. Right. Of course, Adam Silver was like, oh, no, no, you're going to try to tank? Well, let me show you something. Hello, Memphis. Hello, New Orleans. We're not gonna, we're not gonna hook up the Bulls. We're not gonna hook up the the Knicks. Let me show you. Let me show you the Alvin Gentry led New Orleans Pelicans who tried to win, even though they had to sit out Anthony Davis. Tried to win. They were rewarded. You think that there's some chicanery going on with with the NBA when that lottery came out and the New Orleans Pelicans won? Who got the cold envelope that night? And Memphis. Oh. Can I tell you something just between you and I? If you even were going to try to give someone the number two pick, I'm not sure Memphis deserved it. <laughs> just, I'm just be honest. You fire a coach every other year. The grindhouse is dead. After the trade with Mike Conley, he's going to Utah. Yeah, Memphis. Eh. Didn't they try to lose? Yeah, kind of. they kind of did. But anybody but the Knicks. And let me get to this with the Knicks, too. Hello, Andre Iguodala.
4: They'll have Clay back in around February, March. Uh, KD might miss the whole season, but uh, for him, it's good to uh, get away from the game. You want to tell us
2: where they're going to resign?
4: Uh, I think they'll both be back with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we all keep—we're like brothers. Wow. We we'll keep in contact. Uh, regardless of any of that. Uh, if both did decide to leave, they would still be my brother. i still keep in contact with them uh, as much as possible. And I uh, just wish the best for both of those guys. they come back full strength.
0: You're crushing the Knicks fans uh, out here with this kind of... Nobody,
4: nobody's going to the Knicks, sorry.
2: Uh, nobody? Uh, nobody's going to the Knicks. Uh, oh, man. none of my
0: guys are. Yo, I'm a Nick. What? Yeah. That's right, RJ Barrett. Yo, I'm a Nick.
1: What?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be saying that in March when you're dead on your ass. <laughs> looking for the lottery again.
2: <laughs> you can nothing can go
3: right for these knicks <laughs> yeah. they had it lined up we all thought it was happening rj barrett is who they're gonna end up with it's something
0: i'll say this and i say this on my shows with jeff dickerson but i always want to tell you this and this is not a anti-new york sentiment as a chicagoan because that doesn't matter to me i i live here because i don't want to live in bristol um <laughs> i'm kidding no but uh I I just think that with the Knicks, and I get this when I'm working with JD and I'm doing national shows for ESPN Radio, you you get the Knicks fan that's on your Twitter, you get the Knicks fan that calls, you get the Knicks fan on Sirius XM when I'm doing NBA radio shows, and they talk about what the Knicks could do, and they could do this, and you could do that, and you know we're we'll right back in the mix. What mix, man? What mix? You're irrelevant. The Bulls are way more relevant than the than the Knicks are. Seriously. Don't let the strong accent and their love for sneakers and like all the Burroughs and Madison Square Garden and Ewing and and like in Clyde Frazier, don't let all that fool you. You get that all the time about how the Knicks have to be on top, how the Knicks have to be in the NBA championship, how they've got to be able to get top notch reagents. You know, any, let me just tell you right now, that conversation about the Knicks is just people wanting the Knicks to be relevant just because they haven't been since the 90s. They just want that. It's Stern era conversation. It's got to end. This is 2019, bro. Like like Oklahoma City, Oklahoma is more relevant than New York. It just is. Don't worry about the Remy Mott uh, sounding women from New York. Never mind about the sneakers, never mind about hot 97 and all this It doesn't matter. Doesn't not in the NBA. The Knicks have to man, Stephen A yelling about that, about the Knicks. I know he's a passionate fan, but but San Antonio, Texas is more relevant than New York is, Chicago is, you know, the Golden State Warriors are, the Portland Trailblazers are, the idea that, that the, the, you know, the NBA's got to do right by the Knicks. Brooklyn, at this point in time, can be able to get the top-notch free agents they want more so than the Knicks. It's because of the way they're run. It's like we talk about with the Bulls, right? It's about how you run, your perception. Jim Dolan's a bad owner. Just stop this. You know, and I, I was just, I was... I was just on not too long ago talking about the Knicks, and I was just like – it was with Myron Metcalf. I was doing a show with him, and he was just like, you know, it would be good for the league, you know, if the Knicks are better. That's not true. Get away from this Colin Cowherd nonsense of, oh, the NBA is better when the Knicks are better. No, it's not. It's not. If you're mismanaged, you deserve what you get. Seriously. The idea that the Knicks have to be relevant – no, no. Brooklyn could be relevant. They're in New York. Better run, too. Get tired of just like these. The, the, the Knicks having have to have tw- top-notch free agents or have to be relevant is as old as Pete Rose to the Hall of Fame. That is, it's that same type of sports talk that's just tiresome. It's like, a, like no. Like, like Like the Knicks have to be good because Spike Lee's there? Come on now. Lakers are more relevant than the Knicks are. But that, they got LeBron James. Silliness. And then you've got RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett that woke up one day and said to himself, "Yo, I'm a nick." What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes you are, sir. Good luck on those 65 losses this upcoming season. Yo, I'm a nick, man.
2: Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, I'm super. Hot. Hey, give me my respect. Give me my respect. I just took it left like on NBA to London with the year's Death. on ESPN 1000 Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app
0: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood Weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000 it's the Cubs it's the Braves. Here's Jesse Rogers with more. Jess? All right, Jay Hood. Cubs lead 7-2 to
4: two, thanks to a five-run fifth inning. That's the difference in this game. They chased Julian Tehran in that inning. The first six batters reached a walk followed by five straight hits, and that was it for him. They went up 7-0 in that inning. So the Cubs have been pretty much on cruise control since the fifth. Wilson Contreras home run back in the second RBI single in the fourth. That home run brought out the benches as he had some words for Tyler Flowers as well as the Braves bench, but no uh, no punches were thrown in that one. John Lester, a great night for him on a hitter's evening here at Wrigley Field. Wind blowing out. He goes six without giving up an earned run, strikes out seven without walking anyone. So just a great performance for Lester and the Cubs in general as they're cruising right now, 7-2 in the bottom of the
0: seventh. Back to you. Oh, oh.
3: Petticoat. Petty, petty, petty code.
2: Pet, petty, petty petty pet pet pet, pet petty code junction. It's time to get petty.
0: Oh, well, we did a good job executing.
2: Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petty Code Junction train.
0: I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty history? <laughs> petty Junction
2: with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
0: We look for the pettiest stories of the sports weekend with me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. White Sox, Red Sox tied at five. That game is in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> oh boy! Um, so we'll keep an eye on that story. But we look for the pettiest stories of sports weekend, and the reason why it's a Petty Junction is we love to take the petty people and send them off on a train. Just let's get them out of our lives, right? Well, there's a lot of petty stories. Not the funniest, not the silliest, but the pettiest stories of Sports Weekend. And here's one. A
1: Petticoat John. John.
0: The Washington Nationals, they have a blank for, uh, for a guy that is arguably one of the best players in the game, Bryce Harper. Of course, Harper is a former Washington National with the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, on the... Uh, Washington Nationals coverage on Masson, they were showing the highlights, the condensed footage of, <laughs> of Harper at the plate, and all of it was swings and misses. That was the condensed footage of their former great player, just swings and misses. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals would never do that on Fox Sports Missouri to uh, Albert Pujols. They wouldn't do that to him. But there's still bad blood there, even with Masson, the uh, carrier of the Washington Nationals, just showing swings and misses of a struggling Bryce Harper.
3: It's very entertaining that there's the, their team Twitter account is being that, that petty about the situation. Condensed footage of last night's
0: <laughs> Curly, uh, the Washington Nationals uh, game. And there you go. It's a bunch of swings and misses. Yeah, it's just six ugly swings by Bryce Harper. That's it. Oh, my it. God. And by the way, Harper leading off now for the Phillies. I mean, Guys, I didn't hear it in Sports Center, but I know that uh, they've lost seven straight coming into this game. Uh, and they've lost nine of their last ten coming into this game. And, uh, oh, of course they're going to get better. They're playing the Mets today. Well, there you go. That'll so, get you healthy. So they're leading 8-6 in the top of the 6 they They're fine. Okay. <laughs> so they, yeah, they lost out of 10. They lost their last seven games, but they're playing the Mets in Philly, so they're fine. So that is uh, definitely Masson is definitely petty for doing that. Petticoat, Josh. Still not over it. Eric Ostrowski, what is the pettiest story of the sports weekend?
3: On the topic of that New York Mets team, that awful, awful franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, over So yesterday at the end of the Cubs game, the uh, their, their manager was getting criticized for leaving their closer, Jason Vargas, in. And um, Tim Healy, who is a Newsday, he beat, beat reporter for the Mets, covers them every single day, yep. was talking to their manager. And uh, Callaway, their manager, all he said at the end of the interview was, uh, "I'll, I'll see, you, see you tomorrow." Is what he said. Instantly, Callaway went on off a, on a tirade, on a rant. Mf and him told him to get this guy the blank out of here. And as soon as he did that, then the pitcher Justin Vargas tried to fight the reporter and was being held back by multiple teammates. It was clearly unprovoked and ugly because the owner of the Mets, within minutes, within like thirty minutes of this happening, called the reporter to apologize.
0: <laughs> and, and, you know, Callaway was before that was talking about the eighth inning decisions. And I think that it was good for the press to ask questions about what happened in yesterday's game with the Cubs, and the Mets.
3: Why
2: not consider using Diaz as that inning
4: develops? Because we're not going to use him for five outs. And That's the bottom line. No, no, we've said it all along that uh, Diaz is our closer, and uh, we we're gonna make sure that uh, he he stays in that in that comfort zone. Was
2: he warming
1: up at all in the inning? No, I think he'd only thrown twelve pitches in eight days. Is that not a situation where you're willing to go five when he's been that lightly used in eight days? So
4: again, no, we're not going to use him for five outs. I know I know you you guys keep on asking, but I, my answer is going to stay the same.
0: That's how it started. And then it just started bubbling it to the surface. By the way, just between you and I, that's real media.
3: Petticoat Junction.
0: Real media. It really is. Now, maybe that sounds tedious and seems like they're nitpicking, but it's the Mets. And if you're making mistakes, I probably wouldn't have asked that way. Did you think of, you know, in that kind of way? But there's a way to ask a question that that didn't seem so obvious
3: and seems so nitpicky. But that's New York media. Yep. I think Mickey Callaway, the Mets manager, is just upset because he's on the hot seat and he knows it. He's just trying to get fired because he get fired. <laughs> yeah, you don't have paid.
0: to deal with that no more. Got a year and a half left on that deal. That's true. So there you go. So we put him down, uh, Mickey Calloway of the Mets. Now, let's see what else we got.
2: Petticoat Junction.
0: John Davis, what is the pettiest story of the sports weekend?
2: Well, we know the biggest news of the NBA offseason thus far has been the trade of one Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers. But you can remember before he was traded back on April the 9th, the last home game for the New Orleans Pelicans at Smoothie King Center. He wore the Looney Tunes cartoon logo that says that's all, folks, at the end. And uh, he claimed that he didn't pick it. His stylist put it out for him and he just wore it. Uh, BS on that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> head coach Alvin Gentry was out with Zion Williamson and the rest of the Pelicans brass over the weekend doing community work and he was interviewed and he had this to say when uh, asked about uh, the haul they got back for one Anthony Davis in the trade.
1: Alvin, how uh, how surprised or maybe even like mesmerized were you to see the value that Griffin was able to get back with one player and turn it into what he did? That's a haul
0: That is a hall. That's a hall
2: folks. Yes. Yeah. A little dig back at Anthony Davis and the shirt that he wore right back there on April 9th at the last home game. So Alvin Gentry getting the last laugh.
0: Petticoat junction. Petty. Last laugh, but petty. They're very petty. His guy's not there anymore. All right. So here's the question. We put it on Twitter, of course, at, ESPN 1000, we want you to choose the Pettiest Story of the Sports Weekend. And uh, open the phone lines, Eric, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. We got two four-packs of tickets to the Camping World 400 at the Chicagoland Speedway. What is the Pettiest Story of the Sports Weekend? Caller 2, caller 4, regular line, 312-332-ESPN. You tell us the Pettiest Story of the Sports Weekend. We gave you three. So which three, which which one of the three for you is the Pettiest Story of the Sports Weekend? Caller 2, caller 4. You tell us which one you choose. We'll give our tickets to the Camping World 400 at Chicagoland Speedway. It's our way of saying thanks for listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. I tried to show.
2: You're listening to my man's in there. Jay hood Yeah. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. I tried to show. In the ESPN app. Yep. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame here in mode. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: 10 on the shot clock, Rose sets himself, fires the three, and hits! It's a new career high for Derrick Rose, Given 44! Second free throw by Rose, he got it! He's got a career high 50! 50.
0: 50 points for Derrick Rose! Long rebound, out to Crowder, now in the corner, excellent! His shot,
1: blocked by Derrick Rose! Rose saved the game. Horn sounds, and this is over. An improbable win here tonight without Butler, Teague, and Tyus Jones. A 128-125 thriller.
0: Derrick Rose with 50. His teammates absolutely mob him out by midcourt. NBA moments of the year. Derrick Rose scoring 50 points. He had a terrific season. Had a 50-point game, crying afterwards because of all the injuries and all the things that he's gone through. So Derek Rose well-deserved a award at the NBA Awards show tonight. Glad you're with me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday tomorrow. We've got a very special guest for you for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We'll review the Cubs and the Braves. We'll talk about the White Sox losing the game to the Red Sox 6-5. to five. Bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, ground ball to... Anderson at shortstop, deep at short. The The play was right in front of him to go to third base, and he tries to go over to first, and it, it one hops Abreu over at first, and the Red Sox win. They win the game 6-5 to five on a tie game in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, little things like that irk me. I almost swore. That irks me. Because that's like, that play's in front of him. If you go to third the short way, you've got the force out. That was the the... Higher percentage play than him trying to go into the, the hole to try to throw over the first base with a speedy runner coming down first. And the Sox lost as a heartbreaker, 6-5. to five. Let's take a look at the um, Twitter polls, uh, Eric. Uh, at ESPN 1000,
3: what do we have? All right. We had the one that we just did on the Petty. Let me get this scrolling. Petty's story from the weekend. Is it Nationals trolling Harper on Twitter? Is it Mets fighting the reporter? Or is it Gentry? That's a haul, folks. saying the Mets fighting the reporters. All right. Can't disagree with that one here in Chicago. This I disagree with. What's more relevant in L.A.? 62% voted the Rams over LeBron James. Interesting.
0: I don't know about that one. A lot of LeBron haters here.
3: That's true. Um, And then the last one we had is would you accept $1,500 cash from Cam Newton to switch seats with him on an airplane? 84% of the voters said yes. They would take that money and switch seats.
0: Absolutely. Well, I would not, but good for you. <laughs> yeah. We well, thank you for listening, to me for the program here on ESPN 1000 and ESPN App, Our Thanks to you for listening. Jesse Rogers, Mike Clay, John Mullen, and not Ryan Hollins. Show produced by Eric and Sean on the other side of the glass. Let's do this tomorrow. 7 to 10, including Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. If you're a wrestling fan, tune in Tuesday at 9.30 right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. <laughs> Jonathan Hood. I'm
2: so hood on ESPN 1000.